Washburn here. And that moment we've been waiting for has finally fucking arrived. Bossy Power Bottom Wear is now officially live on RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com for purchase. Bossy Power Bottom Wear. The gay lifestyle and clothing line that unapologetically describes what it means to live your best gay life and show others through your clothing that you bottom like a boss. Want to know more? Go to RonnieWashburn.com now. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with bossy power bottom wear. The following is brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. In the beginning, there was gay. Also right now, still pretty fucking gay. Another year in the bag. We actually made it to the tail end of 2023. And you know, normally what I do in this moment is I actually dedicate a full-blown episode to just exposing all the different things that I maybe fucked up in 2023, learned from in 2023, realized I made big mistakes throughout 2023, you know, habits that I need to improve on in 2023, just all the shit that I shouldn't have done in 2023. But this year was a little bit different. First and foremost, I LLC'd the fuck out of myself this year. Uh, Bossy Power Bottom LLC, that is, otherwise known as Bossy Power Bottom Productions. And since I'm a businesswoman these days, I actually decided to take a look at everything numbers related in regards to my business, the clothing line, the show, etc. And guys, I have to say, looking at the numbers for the show specifically, this has been the year of my gay expose podcast, and I am about to jump out of my skin with excitement. 2023 saw a triple in listenership. A triple, you guys. That is beyond insane. And the funny part about that is, is it didn't really start to like come full circle until about August-ish of that year. Well, here's the deal. Since we have so many new listeners out there, again, normally what I do is just reflect back on this year specifically. But since we have all these newbies here, why don't we just instead take a moment to reflect on my entire life in general so that you can get a little bit more of an inkling for who I am, why I do this show, and why I'm actually screaming at you in my microphone in this moment, otherwise known as being that bossy power bottom. And why am I so fucking gay? Why is everything I do so gay? Why is this guy like the definition of gay? So sit back, relax, put on that condom or pop your prep pill. And let's explore the entire notion of what it means when I say, in the beginning, there was gay. now listening to 
My Gay Expose Podcast, a show that unperfectly describes what it's like when life has you fucked in the head while being fucked from behind. I'm Ronnie Washburn, a writer, LGBTQ plus community activist, self-proclaimed, messy, loudmouthed, and somewhat semi-passable podcast host. Bopper sommelier, porn star, fluffer in training, and local San Francisco bossy power bottom that just so happens to be on the left of you on your grinder grid. And this is My Gay Expose Podcast. Ronnie Washburn here. And welcome back to the show that started off gay. But guess what? Right now, still pretty fucking gay. My Gay Expose Podcast. And on this week's expose, I just want to take the time to welcome each and every one of all of you new listeners if you've started listening from August of 2023 to the current moment. There's a lot of you out there. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my gay little black heart for making my gay expose podcast a part of your daily routine, a part of your life, shit talk sessions, whatever it is that you use my show for. Thank you for being here and keep coming back for more. But, you know, since we had just giant, huge, exciting spike in listenership this year, I decided that, you know, there's so many new listeners, new ears, new hot jock tops and bossy power bottoms out there that don't know the true Ronnie Washburn that's been here since the beginning. So for that reason, I just wanted to kind of give you a brief overview on my entire life, what brought me here, how gay I was then, and how fucking gay I am now. And after this week's expose, hopefully many of you will understand why I'm considered to be this big, bold, boisterous, and overly unapologetic, gay overshare-esque personality that I am so proud to be in this moment. <laughs> oh, you guys, but I had a lot of shit to say this week because my life cannot be summed up in a quick, you know, 20-minute segment. So for that reason, no re-expose and no your gay expose. Let's just get into the juicy shit and let's find out what it means when I say that in the beginning, there was gay. All right, you guys, listen, I wanted to take this quick time out to ask you for a huge favor. I need all of you right now in this moment to go over to Apple Podcasts and click five stars. This helps us in the podcast world out so much more than you will ever know. It actually gets us to that trajectory that we're actually already on our way to just a little bit faster. And it makes things start happening. I really just need your help. Please, if you wouldn't mind, just go to Apple Podcasts, click five stars. And if you don't want to click five stars, just, well, keep that click to yourself. <laughs> but you can also rate five stars on Spotify too. So wherever you listen to your podcasts, please, I need your help. Click five stars and allow my gay expose podcast to get to that next best thing. Yeah, you know, so here we are once again at the tail end of another year. And, you know, every December, each and every year, I always get just a little bit reflective-y and I kind of like, you know, try to like think about the year and like what happened, how it began, how far I came, what what were the things that created this year for me? How did I react? What events took place that got me here to the tail end? 
were they negative? Were they positive? Well, if you've been listening along the last couple of weeks to this show, you know that I have not had the best of years. It started very rocky, and it was just a culmination of just literally like the last eight years, just kind of coming full circle. And I guess 2023 was supposed to be that year that I officially had like threw my hands in the air and said, I've had enough. And I decided that I needed to take everything that was happening to me into my own hands, regardless of how terrifying it was. And you guys, I did just that. But this year, this specific year, I'm not just reflecting on this year because, I mean, there were a lot of good things that also did happen this year. I mean, I saw the numbers on this very show just like kind of triple before my very eyes of like August-ish, give or take. And it just has been growing and growing and growing nonstop. And the series of questions that I'm getting from new listeners are just very overwhelming. I mean, obviously, I love them. Keep them coming. I love it all. And if I don't get to each and every one of them on this show at some point, I'm so very sorry. But there's a lot that I'm sifting through. And I just really want all of you to feel special. But also, I have a lot going on, which is kind of why I wanted to talk about where I ended 2023. But first... Because we have all these new listeners and we're growing in such an exciting way on this show, I thought maybe I'd start from the beginning, the very beginning. In the beginning, there was gay. For all of you out there that don't believe people were born gay and that somehow it was learned or it was just something that they went through, or whatever all the other bullshit excuses that Christians come up for gay people. Listen, I knew I was gay before I even knew anything else about myself. But at the very beginning, I think a lot of my gay life was so not confident. I was so insecure about myself being gay. And you might be asking yourself, how the fuck did did somehow the channels just get crossed and I stumbled on somebody else's show? This just cannot be this Ronnie Washburn that I hear each and every week on this very show. But you guys, believe it or not, once upon a time, I was a insecure mess. And I feel like this stumbled into my life and was a thing because my earliest memory, I was three years old. And according to my therapist, this obviously, uh, from remembering something this early in your life, had to be something huge and traumatic. And you guys, it was just that. My mom and dad were like screaming at each other. They were fighting profusely. They were, I had never seen it before. It just terrified me. I was so young and little I didn't know what to do. I just remember thinking in my brain, I just need to do anything to make them stop. My dad was like spitting as he screamed. His arms were flailing in the air. I knew whatever it was that they were fighting about, it was a big fucking deal. I walked into the bedroom where they were fighting from the living room. And I just looked at my dad and I said, hey, daddy, can I get some juice? I remember saying the words just like it was yesterday. It, it just the memory is still ingrained in my brain. And my dad, oh, I will never forget that look of terror in his eye, that look of anger, that look of just, he was so caught off guard that I had caught them fighting. I think it scared him a little, but the anger just took over and he just threw his arm in the air, pointed to the couch in the living room and said, go sit down on the couch. And I did just that because I didn't know what else to do. I was so young. I was so little. I was so scared. And I walked over to that brown leather 80s style couch and I sat in the couch. Just like my dad told me, I put my hands on my lap and I looked down. And I remember this, you guys, so fucking vividly. And then my mom and my dad continued to scream at each other. Well, the end result didn't end well. It actually ended with my dad screaming his last words at my mom, going out the door, slamming it. And I, as sad as it is to say, I never saw my mom 
or dad together in that building ever again, or even in the same building for years and years and years into my adulthood after that. And it was only because we were celebrating like their grandkids' birthday situations. So decades later, before they would ever set foot in the same building. My dad walked out on me that day, and not only did he walk out on his family, but he also walked out on me in a way that created all of my distant daddy issues to a place that created this insecurity, that made me be so fucking insecure. When I was 10 years old, I remember watching that glorious Mark Wahlberg Calvin Klein underwear ad where back then in the 90s, it was just unheard of that a man with such a beautiful chiseled body, it was basically being showcased in underwear. It was the first of its time. People didn't see that shit on TV. And I remember looking at that and not fully getting the idea that I was attracted to it, but understanding that whatever that was, that beautiful naked man in underwear was, I, I was, I wanted that. I was into that. I didn't know how to take it, but that, that was delicious. I, I, I knew that I wanted to know more about the male body. <laughs> and as you may know, listening along to this show, I definitely got my fair share of getting to know the male body, quote unquote. <laughs> I just, you know, I... Grew up with these distant daddy issues. I grew up with this insecurity. I grew up understanding as years passed that I was totally gay. And I knew that I wasn't supposed to be because my parents, which by the way, my mom and dad both got remarried again at the same time, had like sons in the same month of that time frame. Like my two youngest brothers are born like a week apart in the same month of the same year really kind of weird, I know, but that's just the dynamic of what our family was. And and both sides of the coin, they were very fucking religious. Like, I always say that they're like, like, just Republican, Christian, God-fearing, and overbearing, pushy Christian parents. And that was the dynamic. That was the descriptor for our entire childhood growing up. Is like, I knew that I was so gay, that I was into boys, but I also knew that I was so not supposed to be gay. I knew that everything that I felt that I was, was not what I was supposed to be. Uh, well, you know, it. I mean, obviously, as I grew along and I, and I was such a very insecure little sensitive boy, I just knew that all I could do in life was please my parents. And so as they forced us into our church pants, each and every week, and as we sat on those church pews and basically just got our, like, minds brainwashed with this fucking religion, I, I, I just began to get more and more curious as I got older and as I hit puberty. What was this gay thing? I just needed to know more. You guys, I have to say, you know, I was so gay. I met a girl... After I graduated from high school, I remember just getting with her because she was flirting with me. And the only reason why I did it was because I thought that I was supposed to, because that's what my family expected of me. That's what my friends expected of me. I, I was not attracted to her at all, but I knew that that was what I was supposed to do. And in order for her to stay with me, I was going to have to have sex with a vagina. That's right. You didn't hear wrong. I had sex with a vagina, <laughs> as hard as that is to believe. And truth be told, apparently this girl was very fertile because it was just two months later where she basically came home from work one day and told me that she was pregnant with my son, who, by the way, is now 16. And you guys I have to say, I don't talk about my son much on this show. I did do one specific episode. It was fully dedicated to what it's like to be a gay father and have a son and how maneuvering through that journey was quite interesting because you have that on one end and then you have your gay life on the other and how I was able to able to like really just cross pollinate all of that and make it work. Truthfully, I mean, I, 
I mean, I could sit here and pat myself on the back all day long, but I love being a gay dad mostly because I feel like you're both the mom and the dad. You have the emotional range of being gay, but you also are a man. So you teach your child as such in a way that I don't think straight men can even wrap their mind around. But that being said, you know, basically I just, things weren't going well with this, my son's mom after he was born. And that in itself completely shifted and changed my entire outlook on life. I suddenly was dedicated to working two jobs just to provide for my son and and my, let's see if I can get this out, girlfriend. (laughs) It's so hard to say. Yeah. That that was such a fucking long, this seems like a lifetime ago. My son's 16 in this moment. That was over 16 years ago. And it didn't last long, you guys. It was shortly before my son's first birthday that my son's mom and I decided to part ways. And at that moment in my life, in my mid-20s, I decided I was so sick of pretending that I was straight. I was so sick of playing this role that nobody bought, by the way, because hello, can you hear the sound of my voice in this moment? Who would possibly ever think that I was straight? (laughs) It's like, I don't even know what she was thinking truthfully. I I couldn't tell you, but somehow I had a son. It's the best thing that has ever happened to me in my life. But now... I was sick of playing this stupid role, playing pretend, lying about going to straight clubs that I've never been to when people asked why I was hungover when I really went to the gay clubs in secret. Like, I was so sick of it. I was so ready to just come out of the closet and be gay. But here's the thing, you guys. I I owe Facebook a debt of gratitude, but also a big middle finger because in the year 2009, Facebook decided to basically come out with their new tagging feature, quote unquote. (laughs) I know I'm aging myself so much in this moment, but pretty much what happened was I befriended a guy who was gay and he was in the military. And in this era, it was in that don't ask, don't tell era where you couldn't be out as gay in the military. So he wasn't out as well. And I wasn't out. And so I had been introduced to all these other gays in the military who also couldn't be out. So we would go to the gay clubs together. That's how I learned how to be gay, was hanging out with these like five or six guys. And we decided one year to go to San Francisco Pride while we all still lived in the Sacramento area. So we booked a couple of hotel rooms. There were like eight of us. We went out and it was my very first gay pride experience. And you guys, It was like the time of my fucking life. I had never experienced anything like that. And I just needed more. Well, Facebook on this same weekend, coincidentally, decided to come out with said tagging feature. And there was this girl that like was friends with one of the guys that was hanging out with us who just so happened to live in San Francisco and also just so happened to work for Facebook. She actually took photos of us the whole weekend. We were with drag queens. We were at circuit parties. We went to all the like, like outdoor festivals, just hanging out in the Castro, just any and every single gay aspect of what a pride is, you saw it in these photos. And as I went home from pride that evening, I went through these photos, not understanding that I was being tagged in them and they were public and people could see them. So Facebook, yeah. I owe you a debt of gratitude, but I also owe you my middle finger because what happened next was not a fun experience. My mom called me the next morning and she was screaming at me profusely. She told me I was killing her. She told, she kept saying, what about my son? And I was like, what about my son? I was about to come out to you after this weekend, but Clearly you found out and this is what it is. I'm still a dad. I'm gay. I've always been gay. You had to on some level have known it. And my mom and I, by the way, had such a like very close relationship more than my brothers because obviously they were so fucking straight and I was so fucking gay. So she and I like related to a lot of the same shit. We watched a lot of the same girly movies because I was the only one that was into them. I don't know how the fuck she didn't know I was fucking gay. But when she found out that it was officially official, it, it was just 
Our relationship has never been the same. And truth be told, to this very day, my mom and I are not speaking currently for this very reason. Because I'm gay. Ever since the beginning, in the beginning, I was gay. But she just refuses to acknowledge it, to believe it. And she doesn't want to be a part of my life simply because I like to suck dick. <laughs> but you guys, listen, I mean, I, after that moment, after I finally was like free and out of the closet and I can finally just tell people that I was fucking gay, I didn't have to hide anymore. Oh, I remember that feeling of just being in that moment of just knowing that I didn't have to hide anymore. It just was such an amazing feeling. Second only to my son's birth. Like one of the best feelings that I'd ever experienced in my life. And it was only a matter of time that I would go from boy after boy after boy after boy seeking that relationship that I didn't get from my father. I think looking back on things now because I would just cling to a guy and I would be like moving in two months later and then once I got to know them, each and every one of them, it would just end in tragedy. It was almost as if I was a like sucker for punishment. I didn't learn my lesson. I just kept doing it. It was a pattern. My friends called me a like relationship whore. I just literally, that's all I knew. And that's all I did. Well, it finally stuck. And I ended up marrying a guy that I met in San Francisco after uh, the breakup before him. And he ended up like we we just hit it off things went really well he we ended up dating like long distance i lived in sacramento he lived in san francisco he came and saw me on his two days off i came and saw him on my two days off everything was working the way it was supposed to but again back to this like instant clean we met in february of 2013 we got together officially in march of 2013 we got married or excuse me engaged in july of 2013 and we got married in october of wait for it 2013 i met and married a guy literally in less than a year you guys less than a fucking year and uh that was the biggest mistake because when i discovered who my then husband truly was it was one of the biggest regrets of my life. And I wasted years trying to repair a relationship that was just gone before it even got started. Well, the one thing that did benefit from meeting him, you know, I always chalk it up to fate. I always say, if it wasn't for my ex-husband, I would never be in San Francisco because one day he came home and basically announced to me that he got this amazing job opportunity. We have to move to San Francisco. You can either stay here with your son and I'll come visit you guys, or you can move up and you can come visit your son in Sacramento with the car or whatever. And it's up to you. I'll let you think about it. And because our relationship was suffering at the time, I think there was a part of me that thought that possibly if I did move to San Francisco with him, that maybe just maybe like it would fix things. Well, what I learned was four months later, not only did it not fix things, but we were separated in the same apartment, I moved all of my shit into the living room and I basically slept on the couch and he was like staying in the room and we were separate. We were done. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was in the shower. I decided it was time for me to break things off. I want a fucking divorce because this man was not giving me the time of day, wasn't attempting to put in the work for the relationship like I was. And I just felt so emotionally and physically exhausted by doing all all the work to repair the relationship that I finally fucking decided that I was just fed up. I was over it. And it was really just high time that I moved on. And it was just time to cut ties and just get out of that fucking relationship and divorce. But I was terrified. I was four months new to a fucking brand new city, a big city at that, a city that I didn't understand or know anything about. And I was just so beyond terrified because I didn't know where to go, who to turn to. I had no friends. I just moved here. It was fucking crazy. The thought crossed my mind so many times. How do you make friends in your late thirties? Like, how does that work? Because up to that point, I just had all the friends that I always had always around me. I don't really know what it meant to make new friends in a new city. It was terrifying, but 
I mean, obviously, as time went on, eventually I started making friends and meeting people, dated a few people here and there, and I finally decided to be single. And this is when I decided to live my best gay life and do what I actually officially label my gay walk of shame era, because this is where I became an absolute raging slut, literally was known to jump from dick after dick after dick after dick after dick after dick. And I didn't put any focus on like my career or anything that I really needed to like work on. I had a fucking degree in business management, marketing with an emphasis on advertising. I should have focused on that instead of focusing on boys, which I decided to just focus on boys. And I just cling to guys continuously, just like I always had because of all of those distant daddy issues. I just kept falling into the same patterns. And, and as a result, I got stuck in the restaurant business because we all know that the restaurant industry in SF is very financially lucrative. A little known fact that you all might want to know is that sometimes depending on what restaurant you're working at, we could, as a server, clear more a year than most people who have these careers that they went to school for. Think about that for a moment. So as you can see, it's like a trap. You get stuck. You see how good the money is. You end up just... And I was in this countless cycle of getting sick of a job and then moving on to another restaurant because that's all I had on my resume, even though I had this amazing degree that I could have used. And I just kept... just going to restaurants and getting drunk and hooking up with guys and seeing how many guys I could hook up with in a one week's time, which I think 12 was my record for like one full week. I think I actually slept with 12 guys in a seven day time frame, which, yeah. So that was where my focus truly was. I really did honestly feel that somehow some random guy that you hit up on Grindr that you don't even know his first name, sticking his dick deep within your ass and making you scream and moan until he comes was my job on this planet. Like I was meant to be here to make this hot jock top get off and never talk to me ever again. I felt like that's all I was worth. And that's all I was here to do in this world. And it was probably stemming from many of those distant daddy issues. Uh, yeah, so after about two and a half years of this said gay walk of shame era, which honestly, that's where most of all of my most iconic and epic stories from this show have come from. I, I mean, literally, I'm like one of those people, I don't even know how I end up in half the situations I end up with, but if you could put sexually awkward in a category my name would like just hover over it because I have been in some of the most sexually like crazy situations, not just sexually, but just crazy situations in hookup culture, period, to a place where I've decided to create this very show. But before I created this show, I thought a better idea would be to write it down. It, I was working in an Italian restaurant at the time. I got really close with one of my coworkers and I would just come to work every day and tell him about like the guy that I had just fucked before I came to that shift specifically and how incredible it was or how awkward it was or how bad it was or how good it was or like what it was. And I just explained it all. And he was a straight guy. And so he listened because we were close. But one day I remember him saying to me in his Colombian accent, dude, you should write all these stories down. And just like that, I got this idea to create something. There was always something in me that was just, I like wanted to be creative. I wanted to create like shit, but I didn't know how. And so I decided to create a blog entitled Gay Walk of Shame, which I had going for about two years, but a lot of shit happened. I got some serious writing gigs and they saw the sexually explicit material and they would pull out and it just became a pain in the ass. And I really just, I put it on a lock, hoping to reopen it, but I had written so many fucking entries that it would be such a huge job to go back and re-edit and just, it was just, I just, I needed to like wash my hands of it. And then COVID came along and we all know what that did to all of us in 
you know, lockdown moments of boredom and just not knowing what to do. And my creative juices wanted to do something more, something better than Gay Walk of Shame. Something like, what? Like a podcast. Oh my God. I could start a podcast. And you guys, my Gay Expose podcast was born in July of 2020. And truth be told, most of those early entries have been deleted for obvious reasons because when I first started, I was awful, terrible. You guys, it was it was bad. It was just, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I just thought I could just do it based on shit that I heard on other podcasts. But what I was learning was that I was too timid. I was too shy. I was tapping into that insecure mindset or that like, Gay, that little gay boy that knew he was gay, but couldn't be gay. I was just, that's what I felt like I heard each and every episode. And I couldn't figure out what the fuck it was. And that's when I decided to just fucking own my shit as a gay man. Living in the Castro, living his best gay life. And I just decided to pour my personality into it. Get really big with the storytelling. You guys, if there's one thing I'm fucking good at, it's telling a goddamn story. I have friends in my life who are like, I love catching up with you over like lunch or drinks because the stories that you literally are telling me from just like a random date that you went on last week are just like something that you would see on a fucking HBO like series. And you know, they're actually right. <laughs> I have found myself in some pretty crazy situations and you know, that's the reason for the show. And that's the reason why now sitting in this moment, this show is currently ranked number 14 at the top 100 best LGBTQ plus podcasts of all time. Why I've used my bold, blunt, boisterous, and overly unapologetic gay overshare S persona, which is who I truly am to this day. And I erased that fucking insecure little gay boy who wasn't supposed to be gay had been gay from the beginning. I just, I took all of that shit, all my parents' bullshit, everything that I had been traumatized from in my past, the distant daddy issues, all of it. And I honed my energy into this show and creating this personality that has literally gotten me so much fucking recognition. It's unreal. Currently ranked in the top 2.5% most listened to podcasts in the world globally, you guys, that's a global ranking. The top 2.5%. And I'm so fucking proud of that shit. And then one day, one day, after all of this show shit just blew the fuck up in my face, a friend of mine just simply texted me and said, Hey, I'm doing this thing called AIDS Life Cycle. And I'm not going to ride on the ride, but I'm actually going to just volunteer to help as what they call a roadie, which is basically a volunteer to ensure that like when the writers come in, in each of the campsites, that you just volunteer time to make sure that they're like taken care of. And it's just a good way to raise money for an incredible organization that like donates all their funds to HIV and AIDS awareness. And I was like, you know what? I need a week off work. It's been a really rough patch at work. This would be the perfect opportunity to take a week off. It's a week-long bike ride from San Francisco to Los Angeles. You raise money. All the money goes to the AIDS life cycle, which really is just put on by the San Francisco AIDS Foundation, as well as the Los Angeles LGBT Center. And I just was like, why not? It's going to be a space where there's tons of queer people. Why the fuck not? And you guys, that week-long bike ride from San Francisco to Los Angeles in 2022 changed my life in such a fucking significant way to a place where I, one year later, met a guy randomly who wasn't even supposed to be in AIDS Life Cycle, who was trying to start up this app, who ended up creating this app this year. And you might have heard me interview him on this show, Christian Mercer Hall, the founder and CEO of Positive Plus One, which is a fucking, it's an app that it's just, it's meant to empower those who are living with HIV. And, you know, living in my cute little cozy San Francisco gay bubble, we are just fully versed in knowing that 50-50 in the gay community is either HIV positive and undetectable or negative and on prep. And we've just come to know that. But when I started this show, some of the feedback I was getting from people who listened in was when I started talking about these specific topics like HIV, PrEP, uh, you know, AIDS, 
AIDS life cycle, just all of it, that people just don't know about this shit. And it blew my mind. I just assumed that if you were gay, you just were educated on all of this shit, just like I was. And the fact that people don't know this around the world, I just suddenly that coupled with my amazing experience meeting all of this amazing people that I did on AIDS life cycle suddenly created this fire in my soul to do something for HIV and AIDS awareness and AIDS life cycle partnered with this new app that just came out called positive plus one, which by the way, check it out at positive plus one.com. And I'll see you there. I suddenly just learned that this is like my opportunity to just be the biggest loudmouth HIV and AIDS advocate, because we all know that in this country, the, the political system, they don't want anyone to know about HIV and AIDS. They don't want people to protect themselves when they have sex. They don't want, because it's all a gay thing. And we're not going to educate our community because it's stuff we don't talk about. We sweep it under the rug because of religion and it's all bullshit. You should still educate your kids on this shit so you can stop the spread of this virus. And it's just like, you never know what your kids are going to get themselves into. It's just complete bullshit that we even have to go through the motions of like saying that out loud. And I just knew that because A, when I first came out of the closet, one of the first things that my mom said to me was that you're going to die from AIDS. And B, getting fully immersed in this AIDS life cycle, like journey and just becoming captain of the team that I led this last year, going into being captain again this year, just leading the way in my own way to be a part of this AIDS life cycle journey. And you guys, I'm so excited to like, like publicize this positive plus one app at AIDS life cycle this year. And I'm working with like a couple of the people behind the app to try to see if there's a way that we can make this be a huge thing. I'm so fucking excited. I I'm just never would have seen myself here sitting on that little fucking brown leather 80s couch as a three-year-old little boy terrified because my parents were yelling at each other with my hands in my lap and my head down. Did I ever see myself sitting here in this moment like being the boldest and most dedicated HIV AIDS advocate of all time, being proud to be gay, starting my own production company from this show called Bossy Power Bottom Productions and making it so that other queer artists get their shit out there too. I never saw this shit coming and I am so forever grateful as I sit here and reflect and get all reflective -y in December over the course of this last year, but really just over my entire life. And I'm so thankful and grateful for all the things I've accomplished, but there's one thing that suddenly happened this year that I didn't see coming at all. And truthfully, I started the year off in a really funky space, decided to change my life, as I mentioned before, and just like picked up my life after eight years of living in the same Castro apartment with somebody who was basically like abusing me mentally. And I just, I just had to get out of that toxic environment. And so I mean, shit, eight years was enough, right? I, I just needed to get out. And so I finally fucking did it. I got this new place. I'm loving living here. Oh, it's just such a breath of fresh air and just such a sigh of relief. And I feel like all of the shit in my life is finally coming together the way that it's supposed to. I met a boy. I, you know, we became boyfriends. I announced that a few episodes back. I know crazy, right? Did you ever think that the gay walk of shame guy, the My Gay Expose podcast guy, the guy that talks about dick ass grinder, being a slut and a whore, who is the most inappropriately outlandish sexual topic of conversation ever? Did you ever think that I would be in a committed monogamous relationship? I didn't really think that I would be either, but it's going so well. You know, truthfully, he's just... He's such a nice guy. Everyone that I introduce him to in my life just gushes about how they can just tell that he's such an amazing guy, that he's just kind. He has a caring heart. They sense the good out of him. And that's exactly what I sensed out of him. And that's exactly why I'm with him. And truthfully, I don't foresee myself being with anyone else. Like this is the first time in my life where I could confidently say this early on, that I would probably be with this boy for the rest of my life. And, you know, this last weekend, he came to visit me because he doesn't live in San Francisco. He 
lives outside of my cute little cozy San Francisco gay bubble. And we spent the weekend together. And obviously we were just like fucking our brains out the whole time. But we did get out of the house, you know, here and there. And, you know, he kept saying to me, I want to go downtown. So for those of you outside of my cute little cozy San Francisco gay bubble, in the downtown Union Square area, they, every year they put this huge fake Christmas tree up in Union Square. It is pretty beautiful, I will say. But I mean, I've lived here for like almost nine years. I'm used to that shit. Like I've just seen it a thousand times. But you know what? He doesn't live here. Okay, great. He wants to go see the tree. Let's go see the tree. I kept thinking in my mind, like, I don't even want to really go down there. But okay, let's go. Let's, we'll do it. So we went to a restaurant, we had breakfast, we had a few drinks, we ended up going to a bar, we had a couple shots, and then we headed for downtown to see the tree. So we get to downtown to see the tree, and you guys, my boyfriend is no longer my boyfriend. You might be asking yourself, what are you talking about? Because my boyfriend now is my fiancé. That's right, you didn't hear me wrong, I am officially engaged. It's so weird to even say those words. Like, I, it doesn't even feel right. But I'm engaged to the most amazing man ever. It turns out he had this whole fucking thing planned. He didn't want to see the fucking tree. He wanted to go to Tiffany's. And we walked into Tiffany's. We picked out our engagement rings. And we are officially engaged. I announced it on social media a couple weeks back. So you might be fully already in the know. But you guys... I never saw this. Here we are at the very tail end of December 2023, and I never in a million years thought that I would be engaged to the man of my dreams. We don't plan on getting married anytime soon. We do plan on having a kind of a long engagement. We do have our separate shit that we're still working through. I'm really focused on my business right now. He's got a lot of family stuff that he's dealing with. So we are just going day by day. But you guys, officially fucking engaged. There is a ring on this finger. This boy put a fucking ring on it. And that is like my 2023. That's my reflective moment. What started as a really kind of fucked up year or a fucked up life has led me to this moment where I have so much to be grateful for. I have a beautiful 16-year-old son. I have a family that I've gotten closer to over the years and they don't give a fuck if I'm gay anymore. They, I have this amazing new fiance that I'm so in love with and I'm so happy. I have this beautiful show that by the way, I have some fun announcements on the horizon for this show, for Bossy Power Bottom Productions. And I'm so excited to announce them, but I can't do that just yet. I have to wait because timing is everything you have to understand. So stay tuned for all of that. But you guys, I really have to sit back. And while in the beginning, there was gay, because in the beginning, there totally was gay. I am gayer than I have ever been. And I wouldn't have it any other way. And I'm so fucking happy with everything that has come full circle. So I just wanted to share that all with you, just in case, like, maybe... Maybe you did have a tough year because I've had plenty of tough years. Trust me. Just know that maybe at some point you will get to where I'm at in this moment. And I don't even feel like I'm done. I feel like this is just the beginning of like something incredible. And I cannot wait to expose all of that shit to all of you here on my gay expose podcast. Currently ranked number 14 at the top 100 best. <laughs> LGBTQ plus podcasts of all time and in the top 2.5% of all podcasts globally. And I think about that small little insecure moment of me sitting on that ugly ass 80s brown leather couch, terrified, scared. The distant daddy issues were just being manifested in that moment. And look at myself now, engaged, show, with that's a hit, son, like family that I truly love business of my very own. I just, it never, I never saw this coming and I owe it all, all to like this realization that in the beginning there was gay because otherwise I wouldn't be here.
what do we learn today, boys and girls? Ladies and gentlemen, gays and straights, hot jock tops, and bossy power bottoms, gender fluid and non-binary, bisexuals and lesbians, transgender, and questioning? Well, I'd like to think we learned a whole hell of a lot this week. Well, let's just face it. You learned about my entire life recapped. Instead of recapping just this year of 2023, we recapped my entire life. And so hopefully all of you out there uh, maybe can just understand who I am, why I am, and just why the fuck I say and do what I say and do. And if you still don't get it, <laughs> well, guess what? You have plenty more opportunity to listen along to future exposés and get to know me just a little bit more. But I really just want to hear from all of you hot jock tops and bossy power bottoms out there. What the fuck do you think? Is there something significant in your life that makes you go all the way back to the beginning and reflect? Give me a call at the official My Gay Exposé podcast hotline at 415-501-0401. That's 415-501-0401. Call in, leave a message, and tell me all about it. And if you don't want to call in, just shoot me an email at mygayexposegmail.com. And with that, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Click five stars, follow on Spotify, and don't forget to turn on those notifications so that you catch win of each and every episode of My Gay Expose podcast right when it drops. Follow on Instagram, TikTok, Threads, and Positive Plus One, all at Exposing My Gay. And don't forget to check out the official show website, My Gay Expose Podcast. Com. And there you'll find any information that you need to know about the show, including the official show question of the week for the Your Gay Expose segment each and every week. And don't forget to check out the official show merch line, Bossy Power Bottom Wear at RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com. And don't forget to join us next week for another messy salacious and relatable episode with me exposing my gay. I'm Ronnie Washburn and I will actually recap my entire life for all of you in future exposés next time and the time after that 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 and the time after that. Expose has been brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. Want to know more? Go to bossypowerbottom.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with Bossy Power Bottom Productions. <laughs>